Welcome to another edition of Spandex Planet. I didn't do my alrighty thing. I could have, but I chose not to. Um, welcome back. Thanks for uh, consuming audio via whatever app or, or website you do that with. Man, um, AEW was great this week. I mean, really, really memorable episode. First um, episode back uh, away from the uh, the the big round of pre-tapes that they did uh, in Georgia, I think is where that was. And they were back at Daly's Place in Jacksonville. And man, just a really uh, all-around great show. Obviously, the standout, the Matt Hardy, Kenny Omega versus Sammy Guevara Chris Jericho street fight um, was just unbelievable. Um, Sammy getting run over by a golf cart is pretty amazing. And and one of the things that makes AEW so much fun, it's just silly and doesn't take itself too seriously, uh, but can shift into something serious if it needs to. And that's uh, it's a great quality to have. And it's not like, I don't know, at least in my opinion, when WWE tries to be funny, the majority of the time, it's just really cheesy, not, good like cliche comedy and AEW just lets everyone kind of do their thing and some of them are just naturally funny Chris Jericho is hilarious so that was really really cool um we do have double or nothing coming up I I don't know what they're gonna do with that um considering they still aren't able to have a live show at least to my knowledge I don't think that anywhere would allow um, a live wrestling crowd maybe but um, it doesn't seem like it you know honestly I mean AEW has been doing great with their um, their their crowdless shows or just having you know 10 to 15 crew members and wrestlers out what kind of watching but man I still think I stand where I stood for Wrestlemania and where I stand for money in the bank I just like delay it or whatever double or nothing supposed to be uh you know the casino theme because they're the holding it at uh in vegas and they can't do that obviously um and i mean that's not the end of the world it's just i don't know i mean i would just prefer a traditional show but it is what it is man they're making do and i guess you know i don't fault them just like i don't fault wwe for holding wrestlemania even though it was super weird um Regardless, I think Double or Nothing looks looks good. Uh, we have the TNT tournament final with Cody versus Lance Arch- Lance Archer, which I you know seems like it's definitely set for Archer to just completely obliterate Cody and be the first uh, title holder. Last week I kind of said my thoughts on that tournament, but you know it is what it is. We got the random MJF versus Jungle Boy match. Uh, we have a casino ladder match, whatever that means. And however many competitors will be in that, the winner gets a a shot at the belt. And then we got Mr. Brody Lee challenging John Moxley for the AEW championship. This is getting so much hate online and, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Brody Lee and I always have been. So, I mean, I'm okay with it and the way it was done totally makes sense as far as his character goes. So, you know, the anger is, is wrestling fans being wrestling fans, man. It's just one of those things where you you can't really uh, win. And it's like, well, he didn't do enough. And I'm like, hey, look, it's a show. <laughs> and he's a very prominently featured person. And based on his personality type and his, his uh, stance with the Dark Order, it totally makes sense they'd go after Moxley and beat him down the way they did. 
and so I mean it makes sense to me and it's again it's it's a show and that's what they're doing and so I mean it is what it is man and you know I don't think this is uh geared for for Brody to hold the the title right now but it, it it'll be a great match um and it'll make Moxley look strong in the end. And I don't really know what the end goal is. Uh, I don't know if they do Jericho Moxley again after that, or if they break up Hangman and Kenny from the Elite, or and have one of them. Or I don't know. It will time will tell. Um, but I'm I'm totally stoked for it, and I think it's going to be good. So I'm cool with that. Um, Money in the Bank is going to be super duper interesting. Apparently the men's and women's Money in the Bank match will be happening like throughout the show. And so the women's, uh, Nia Jax, Asuka, Shayna Baszler, Dana Brooke, Carmella, and Lacey Evans racing through WWE headquarters in Stanford, Connecticut. And then for the men's side, we've got Aleister Black, Rey Mysterio, Daniel Bryan, Baron Corbin, Otis, since he is uh, the prominently featured person during the pandemic, and... Uh, the too early for return zombie AJ Styles, um, but I get it. It is what it is. I mean, Raw can't have Andrade, Zelina Vega, and their crew versus Drew McIntyre every single week. So, gotta have, gotta get some star power, man. So that is what it is. Uh, I mean, it, it's an interesting idea. They're making the best of it. Um, other matches on the show, SmackDown Tag Belts, Forgotten Sons versus Miz and Morrison versus Lucha House Party versus New Day, Tamina versus Bailey, okay, Bray, uh, not as The Fiend, just as Bray versus Braun Strowman for the uh, Universal title, and then Seth versus Drew for the WWE title. I mean, I'm sure the show will be fine. Um, those matches are going to take place uh, on a closed set, and then the... Many of the bank, I guess, is also technically a close set, but those will be happening simultaneously where they end up on the roof and fight for the the belt with a ring on top of headquarters. So, honestly, super interesting, silly, but I mean, all things being considered, I think this is a better idea uh, than just having another crowdless pay per view card. Um, it's weird that we call them pay per view still. I guess they are for some people. I don't know who would order this and pay sixty bucks or whatever it is. Um, it's just, I guess a network event is what it is, but whatever, we call them pay-per-views forever. Um, so that's coming up. I'm obviously recording this beforehand. Uh, so I, you know, I don't know a hundred percent what that's going to look like. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll put a, a midweek review up, um, of the pay-per-view, uh, and we'll see. So interesting that we're still running pay-per-views this month. Like I said, double or nothing coming up soon. I mean, and then on the U, even on the UFC front, they they have a crazy uh, UFC card coming up as well. So things are starting to very slowly, slowly bleed back to normal. Um, it's going to take time, but it is what it is. That's kind of what's happening in the WWE world, where Roman reigns-less. Um, it makes total sense considering, you know, it, recently beating leukemia, he would be immunocompromised. So it would make sense he wouldn't be on the show. All the dirt sheets are reporting WWE's done with him. He's blackballed because of this. I mean, you know how the internet is. Especially if you go on social media in general, you can see some crazy, crazy shit on there right now. Um, but take that for what you what you will with a grain of salt, I guess. Um, I don't think that that's the case, but you never know, man. Weirder things have happened. It'd be strange to have a modern-day WWE without the Roman Reigns as the poster boy, that's for sure. 
so that's kind of what's going on in uh, WWE world. I and in I guess in AEW world, not really much else to talk about as far as wrestling because there's nothing on, <laughs> um, and they unfortunately can't run any shows, which is which is just a bummer. Um, the network has some really cool stuff coming out. Um, one of my favorite matches of all time is. Uh, Triple H versus Mick Foley as Cactus Jack at the uh, 2000 Royal Rumble in the uh, street fight. And it's just such a good match. I'm sure if you're listening to this, I'm sure you've seen it. If not, go ahead and watch it. But they're they're doing a uh, WWE untold Triple H. I'm the game uh, and and showcasing his matches with Mick there. And then also at the Hell in a Cell at No Way Out the following month. So really really awesome stuff the network really doesn't uh, doesn't disappoint and if you're a wrestling fan go ahead on to instagram um there's an awesome uh instagram page that is in affiliation with this show called programmed for pro wrestling that's programmed the number four pro wrestling on instagram uh it is a wrestling page um that that well, a nostalgic wrestling page, if you will. Uh, a lot of posts from WWE, AEW, um, Japan, indies, all, all things that make you feel nostalgic for wrestling, um, and maybe some current day stuff too. But it's a pretty cool page. Um, if you could check that out, that would be fantastic. Uh, and then also follow me, follow the pod on Instagram, at SpandexPod. Uh, I don't post every single day, but every time a new episode comes out, uh, I'll make sure to pop a post on there. So uh, it's a good reminder in case you're not subscribed, which if you're not subscribed, what are you doing? Subscribe. If you couldn't tell by that intro, it's fitness time time for our uh, fitness discussion for the week a couple of topics um, I, I've touched on as far as nutrition and, and diet uh, intermittent fasting and I want to kind of get into that a little bit more you know I think it's really tough to diet right because that's what it is it's a diet it ends up becoming um, somewhat of a crash diet which you know it just means it's not sustainable. You're doing keto, you're doing Atkins, you're doing carnivore, you're doing what have you. Um, and it's not sustainable for a lifetime for the majority of people. And so what happens is maybe you lose some weight or you tone up or whatever, and then, um, you kind of fall off because you can't keep doing it. And, and that's, that's the, the downfall of a diet, right? So intermittent fasting to me is something that can be a lifestyle. I've been doing it for the last, man, since 2013. Um, it's now so seven years. Um, you know, I have my days where I don't. Um, but it's one of those things where it's so easy to do when you get in the habit. It's hard at first, but once you can break the habit, um, for me, look, there's a lot of studies, um, out there about this and it goes, you know, talks about all the benefits as far as like fat burning properties, cognitive uh, improvement, potentially like cardiovascular health improvement, assisting with like diabetes and things like that. It's like an apple cider vinegar type of thing, right? There's all these studies out there and, and you know, the logic behind it is like, hey, like <clears throat> humans 
you know, were, were meant to fast and, and that's how they stayed healthy. Uh, they didn't eat like we do now at the beginning of time, they had to hunt their food and sometimes didn't eat for days and then, you know, had a big meal or whatever. And sure, that makes sense. I don't know if any of that's true and I'm not going to claim that it does have any of those benefits for sure. Um, there are some scientific studies, but nothing's necessarily confirmed. I think the biggest thing for me is just that if I'm pushing a meal out as far as I can into the day, I just don't eat as much because by the time I eat, I don't have time to eat as much. So I get full faster. Um, and so I can control my calories easier and that's why I do it. And I think for the majority of people, that's why they see such rapid weight loss. Because if you, if you get in the habit and you get disciplined enough to, to not just be eating all day, sure. Like I said, there's some things about your body, like not, having to work to digest and, and what have you, but it's just overall, if calories in versus calories out are king and, and, and it is, that's just the facts. It's, it's so much easier when you don't give yourself enough time in the day. So whatever that looks like to you, like you don't even have to like get as crazy as like building your eating window versus your, your fasting window and what whatever I, just try to push that meal as far as you can into the day. Like some days I eat at two. Um, and, and you know, I, as a rule of thumb, I try not to eat past 10 if I eat at two. Right. And you know, I don't on another subject, I'm, you know, I don't believe in the whole, like eating late makes you gain weight more than it would if you didn't, whatever. But you know, I just think that that's just a window that you can kind of keep in mind a good rule of thumb. You want probably at least a 16 hour fast. So you don't want to be eating more than eight hours a day. Right. Um, that's what the majority of the day looks like for me. I usually don't eat till two or three. Sometimes I push it and I don't eat till six or seven and end up having just like one meal. Um, the, the key there though, when you do eat it too, is not breaking your fast with like a bag of chips or, or, you know, some other kind of crap, like break it with a good protein dense macro friendly meal. Um, you know, get a little bit of everything in there. Uh, make sure there's your, you know, your micronutrients are in there as well. And that just sets you off on the right foot. And you don't, first off, if you eat clean and, and a good amount of volume, you're not going to want to sit there and eat a bunch of other stuff afterwards. You'll be, you know, fill as long as you're eating or full, as long as you're eating satiating foods. And it just makes you feel better throughout the day and less like sluggish. Right. And so on a heavy training day, I'll, I'll add some more carbs in there, have some more potatoes. If I do snack, I am a huge pop chips person. Um, and I do like, uh, like salami and cheese really like lower carb. Right. Um, but you know, if you're training, you can add some more carbohydrates, eat some extra like potatoes and rice and you know, whatever. Um, and days that you're not training, maybe just like lower the, the carbs, you know, a little bit and, and eat some more greens or whatever, you know, it's not, it's not that serious though. Like if you're not going to step on stage, like you're going to have days where you're like, whatever, dude, I'm going to have 12 Krispy Kremes, which I did this weekend, whatever. You're going to feel like sh complete shit, um, for a long time, but it's just about self-control and just not making it a habit. Um, even bad part, but making a habit of the good stuff, right? Um, making sure you, you break your fast with a good meal. Um, you're getting enough protein, you're drinking enough water and, uh, it's not, you know, fasting eventually it just is what it is, man. I don't even think about it. And usually I'm not even hungry. I just eat sometimes because I'm like, I should probably eat. Right. And I want to get enough protein in, especially now that I'm training more heavily. So 
those are kind of my thoughts on intermittent fasting. I encourage you to give it a shot. It's not easy for everyone. If you have low blood sugar, it's definitely not for you. Um, but to me, it's one of the easier like techniques to, to really watch your calories. Uh, and that's something that I've done for the last, like I said, seven years. And, and to me, I would be far fatter than I am right now. Um, because sometimes I don't make the best choices and sometimes I do have a pretty unhealthy relationship with food and have been known to binge from time to time, which is not healthy, but this isn't a uh, psychology podcast, so we won't talk about that. Um, I was really thinking while I was training today, I'm like, you know, what's my favorite exercise? I think the average person um, would probably say bench press, right? Like chest day is everybody's favorite, but I really really have grown to love two exercises. And I know this is a really like quick pivot. You got to keep up. I move real fast um, from from intermittent fasting. Uh, but I was, I was training. And like I said, I've been doing these full bodies. And I'm like, what are my favorite exercises? And I have two. And um, I don't know which one's my favorite yet. So I'm going to talk about both of them. So number one is deadlift. And you know, this is probably on a lot of folks list as well. Deadlifting is just a f- an amazing full body exercise. You feel it, even if you're doing you know no matter what if you're doing um, lower weight, high rep, higher weight, lower rep, whatever the frequency is. Every time you feel it working your entire body. Mostly you feel your hamstrings and your your back, but it really does work everything. And it's such a good compound movement. Um, I just feel like I'm making gains when I do it psychologically. And also, um, when you ego lift, uh, I think that that's a really, really, um, not, I guess not a good thing to ego lift, but, um, you really can with deadlifting because you can add so many weights on it, uh, and really like try to rep out and obviously be careful. I've actually injured myself pretty severely deadlifting, so don't be stupid, but, um, you can really, really get that, that what, you know, whatever hit that one rep max and you feel really, really good. And, and it does pump up the ego. Uh, and so to me, that's why it's, it's a favorite of mine. Um, but another one that I think is probably not, um, on everybody's favorite list is the overhead press. Um, I've really grown to love this movement. Um, it started out as my least favorite because I'd say the weakest part of my body is certainly my shoulders. Um, I do, you know, I always trained them, but really focused on, you know, really, um, like specific targeted, um, exercises like bodybuilding style, a lot of like Arnold presses, shoulder press, lateral raises, things like that. Um, but I never really like did a ton of compound movements that are, you know, shoulder focused, which the overhead press is. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I feel it every single time I do it. And I've been, it's, it's such a challenge for me, um, to slowly progressively overload on it. Like it's crazy how 2.5 pounds on each side can just make it almost impossible to do, um, when, when you, you know, just hit, you know, almost the same weight, uh, on the set before. So it's just really challenging. And, and I, I feel it every day and I feel like I, I really see the results because 
you know, it's something that I'm working really hard on uh, because I really think that, you know, when you cap out your shoulders, like it, you get a better overall look, even if the rest of your body isn't as defined. So I'm putting a lot of emphasis on shoulders and the overhead press is just such a difficult movement and so hard to progress to like really heavy weight that it's almost becoming like the deadlift to me where I feel like an animal when I hit a max on there. And I don't know uh, if, if you're into lifting, uh, definitely, definitely, uh, include the overhead press. I really excluded it from my program from for, for a very long time, mostly because I could do such little weight on it. And I was just so focused on like upping my bench numbers, which is just a mistake. A lot of people make, um, you gotta be well-rounded and overhead press to me is, is a probably one of the most underappreciated movements that uh, you can do. So there's my two cents. Okay. Let's move away from fitness. Let's get into some fantasy booking. It's a fun segment. Uh, I was having a difficult time choosing someone for for this one because uh, I just have so many I want to do. But this one felt um, apropos after watching Raw this week, uh, especially because this is someone who, in my WWE universe, like if you uh, if you play um, the two K games. I always make him like a focal point and like up his stats a ton and make him the champion and give him like a stable because that's how highly I think of him. And WWE certainly does not think highly of him at all, at least as of yet. And maybe that'll change. But before I talk too much, let's uh, let's switch segments here. So, who might I be talking about? Someone who in my WWE universe, I always make the champion. Someone who I think very highly of, followed their career for a long time. I'm talking about Shane Thorne. I felt like this is a very, very unique one to to go after. Like I said, he really, to me, has is somebody who I feel is so unique and so talented and is just so underutilized, which I know it happens a lot, but I really truly would would put a lot of uh, stock into this person. So um, he was known as Shane Haste. Um, the first time I saw him was in PWG, probably like 2009. He, he did a few matches there. Uh, and he looked huge there, but it's weird that he's not like that huge. Like, I, I, I guess... As far as like normal human beings go, he's like six two, two, over two hundred pounds. So that's that's a big dude. But in comparison to some of the folks uh, in the professional wrestling world, he's not huge. Uh, and I just felt like he was like six five, like two fifty for some reason. But he's not. Um, and then you know, definitely always watched him and uh, Mikey Nichols um, in Japan. TMDK, the Mighty Don't Kneel always just like a total fun watch. Like he was just so crazy and did so many unique things. Um, and so when him and, uh, Mikey Nichols got signed, I believe it was 2016, maybe 2015. And then they didn't debut until 2016. I don't know. Um, I was pumped, man. I was like, awesome. I was also sad because I know WWE doesn't necessarily put a lot of stock in their tag team division, but, Still, um, I'm always like pumped when when 
guys that I like and support get signed, and and I was excited for it. So I honestly can't remember when they debuted or what they were doing. So that's great for the segment. But um, really what I remember is they changed the name to TM61, which is weird. It was like a Pokemon reference, I thought, and I don't think they meant for that to happen, but I guess, I don't know. The internet says that's what that was. And um, I just remember, like, they looked kind of colorful. Um, they had, like, like uh, Shane Hayes' name was changed to Shane Thorne. And then uh, Mikey Nichols' name was changed to Nick Miller, which is awful, but whatever. And, uh, like, Hayes or uh, Shane Thorne wore, like, orange with black. And then uh, Nick Miller wore blue with black. And they had, like, matching, like, tank tops or whatever. Uh, and I just remember them being in the Dusty Rose Classic and having an awesome match with the Authors of Pain um, on a takeover. And I was super pumped for it thought the match was awesome. Uh, and then they just kind of faded and then they turned heel and started wearing all black, changed their name to just the mighty for like maybe a couple weeks. And then Nick Miller, uh, asked for his release and was released. And then Shane Thorne kind of just hung out (laughs) and I was like, okay. Um, and, uh, I just, man, I, I, I was like, I, I now is a great time because I've always, as much as I like TMDK, I was like, man, this is really, really cool um, for for him to break apart. And, and now his partner's gone, so now he can have like a singles run. And NXT is obviously a perfect place for someone like him. And then it didn't really happen right away, which is fine. Um, and, you know, I thought maybe that he would do like another tag partner, another like... TMDK as a faction uh, would have been awesome in, in um, NXT. I don't know who else I would have put in that, but uh, the Mighty Don't Kneel, or I think there originally actually was Team Murder Death Kill, uh, which the Mighty Don't Kneel sounds cooler anyway. Um, but that's kind of what I was thinking uh, that didn't happen. Then he he sort of redebuted, still heal. Um, just I don't really know what his gimmick is. Just I guess that he's kind of like a weird guy. And he, uh, he, uh, had like a furry vest on, um, he challenged Johnny Gargano. That's what I really remember. And this was just like last year. Uh, and, and honestly had a good match. Um, he lost, but I thought it was a good showing. I thought it was something good. And then he just kind of like, wasn't there anymore. And then they had that NXT breakout tournament. And then he was like upset that he wasn't featured and he was, you know, taking on all the guys. You got to see his like finisher, um, which to me, I don't think you'd ever really seen in a singles setting. Uh, it wasn't what he used like on the indies or, or in Japan. It's a, I think they just called the Shaning Wizard, which is fine. Uh, it's basically just like a running punt kick, just like bicycle style, just like a unique, like flashy way to do it. And I'm, I'm cool with that, man. It's quick. It looks good. Um, really cool. Um, and then I think he maybe had a match versus like Velveteen Dream or something. And then he just still kind of like hung out uh, and just wasn't really featured. And then he just randomly would pop up and had a match with like Mansoor. He did some like cool moves where he did like a tiger suplex and transitioned it into a Saido, which moves like that always like pop me and catch me off guard. And man, I just thought, you know, obviously already being a fan, it just felt like such a waste of talent, you know? And you know, when actually when, when I was wrestling with me and Mike were wrestling, uh, he used to do this thing with a towel when we were faces and that was 
all because of Shane Haste. He used to come out with a towel and like swing it around his head and put it in his mouth. And Mike used to do that. Oh, that's how far back we uh, we go with with our our fandom of, of this fella. But yeah, man, he just to me has all this potential, and and with how unique he is and his move set and you know just him as a total package, I could really see him being like a major player. And it, I I know a lot of people feel that way about a lot of guys, so I understand. But you know, this is one of my guys, so it's it's just tough. Uh, and the reason I decided to do him now. Um, he randomly popped up on raw with uh, Brandon Vink, who I don't really know much about him. He's just a big dude. He's also Australian, I guess. And they lost to uh, ricochet and Cedric Alexander. And then now apparently MVP recruited them. And then they had another match with them this week and they won. Um, and so maybe this means they're called up, um, which is what it seems like. Um, it's just unfortunate that they're in a tag team, especially uh, because WWE is not a big tag team place. And, considering the size of his tag partner and the look, his tag partner is probably the one that would get the rub if they, if they broke apart, but Hey, I'll stay optimistic and we'll see. So that's where we are with Shane Thorne right now. And, and here's kind of what I think I would have done. I totally understand, um, them getting signed or Shane getting signed with Mikey Nichols. That makes absolute sense. They were a tag team already. So bring them in. Sure. I think the way they were going with them in the Dusty Classic was great. I just, I would have 1,000% put the tag belts on them. Um, I think that would that would have been good. And hey, let's say maybe that's not in the cards. Um, I don't remember at that time kind of what was going on. I think that was like the, DI, the DIY AOP era. And then it was the Undisputed era. <laughs> uh, and so... Maybe I wouldn't have, you know, maybe I would have turned them heel, but honestly, maybe I would have turned Shane Thorne heel and had him turn on Nick Miller. That That's probably what I would have done, especially considering Nick Miller, this isn't really about him. So if he asked for his release anyway, it is what it is. And I'm even okay with, you know, the, the character that they did uh, with, with Shane, um, his weird like vest and whatever he's doing, right? Bleached hair. Great. His thing versus Gargano was great. He lost. That's fine. I, I I honestly would not have booked him much differently in NXT. I just would have featured him more. And I think he would have been an awesome participant in the North American title picture right now, even with like Keith Lee and uh, Dijakovic and still with Gargano and, and all that, man. Like, I think he could have been North American champion without a, without a doubt and would have had an awesome run. Um, I wish he wouldn't have come up with Brennan Vink. Um, what I think would have been really, really cool is let's say he does get called up right right now. And let's say COVID didn't happen. Let's really fantasy book this. So Shane Thorne, you know, he has a run with the North American uh, championship, right? Uh, on in NXT. And he uh, loses it, whatever. And he's there. He's still, you know, featured and whatever's going on, right? Or maybe he's off TV for a few weeks. SmackDown, Daniel Bryan's a face again. He's got his short hair and his beard. We're, we're talking like current day, right? Um, COVID's not happening. Daniel Bryan's super baby face on SmackDown doing his thing. To me, the perfect debut is Daniel Bryan winning a match, even if he's still doing the thing with Gulak and Shane Thorne attacking him. That would have been 
amazing, right? Um, and then you enter into a feud with Daniel Bryan where Shane Thorne can really have wrestling matches and, and get the the internet wrestling community or the Reddit community now, I guess, behind him um, and really be, build some heat because the crowd loves Daniel Bryan and it, it it's just a, it's a great face um, to, to feud with and they would have awesome matches. And I think that feud would have been fantastic. It puts him right in, you know, with a main event player. Um, if, if they would have went with raw, um, I think the same idea is what I would have done, but with Rey Mysterio, because there's another like small guy face, great matches can really play up the sympathy card. And and that would have immediately established him as a credible heel. Um, but a cool one almost too, because he's, he's awesome in the ring. So that's where I would have probably started them. Um, if we would have, you know, stuck with SmackDown, I think moving on from the Daniel Bryan feud, um, you know, Honestly, uh, putting him into like Money in the Bank, like let's say he debuted like right, before, right after WrestleMania or something, um, you know, and, and putting him in Money in the Bank and then having uh, him actually win Money in the Bank, whether that was Raw or SmackDown, would have been amazing. Um, and he could just hold it for a while, man. That's instant credibility, instantly. Like he's somebody who they're thinking about uh, for the title and the title picture. And that's how much faith I have in him. Like I know. I fantasy booked a lot of folks, but like last week, I I love Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder, but I wasn't booking them as the WWE champion. Um, Shane Thorne, I I truly believe could be a guy that really carries that belt and and holds his own in the main event. And then I would say down the line, um, you know, he's Money in the Bank. Maybe he feuds with like Roman Reigns to if he's on SmackDown for the for the Money in the Bank. You know, putting it on the line, whatever. Um, it, Raw, he could feud with Kevin Owens. I think that would have been another amazing feud. Kevin Owens and Shane Thorne would have just barn burner matches. Uh, and I think ultimately this would lead to um, a cash in probably around like SummerSlam time, maybe even later than that, like random, I think. Like what's the October paper? No, December pay-per-view. So I guess like TLC, that would have been, um, he's holding it for a long time. Maybe you kind of forget about it a little bit, almost whatever. And then you have him, um, come out and, and whoever, whoever the champ is, whether that's universal WWE, whatever, uh, and cashes in, uh, kind of unexpectedly, right? Like the way I would have built that too, like let's go with the raw feud, right? So he, he has a feud with Mysterio. He wins money in the bank. Maybe he continues a feud with Mysterio, whatever, moves on to uh, Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is like, I want money in the bank, whatever. They could have a multi-month feud um, that really sets Shane Thorne up as a credible player. Back and forth wins and losses. Uh, and then he's just off TV for like a little bit, right? Like maybe he's on Raw and has a, has a match or whatever. Um, but he's not really like featured as much and and i think the key is that you feature him a ton right like him and the owens or drew or whoever he's feuding with is like like a main event style feud like second to to the title right um and so they're featuring him a lot you see him a lot a lot of interviews a lot of backstage stuff and um you know when he and then he's off tv after the end of the feud let's say after whatever the like around the survivor series time maybe yeah maybe he's in like a survivor series match you know on on whatever team uh his team loses and then he's kind of just hanging out maybe he's the next night on raw he loses again and then he's just off tv for for a few weeks before the pay-per-view he's not booked then it's such a surprise when he comes out cashes in 
ultimate opportunist style and 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 wins the belt and whatever man if he holds it at wrestlemania whatever if he doesn't who gives a shit that that's totally i think fantasy wise where i'd like him to go like i said that's totally what he does in my wwe universe (laughs) uh which i've been getting really into in this pandemic because i have a lot of time um but let's say all the NXT stuff happened and, and let's fantasy book from where he is today. Right. So he debuts with Brennan Vink. They're part of MVP's VIP crew or whatever he calls it. Right. Sure. That's a great way to be introduced to. Don't get me wrong. It's fine. Um, maybe they go on a tag run, right? They, they beat Ricochet and, and, uh, Alexander a couple times. Then they get in like an upset, uh, with Viking Raiders. And, um, I actually don't even know, who the Raw Tag Team Champions are. I think, like, in my brain, the Raw Tag Team Champions are always the Revival, which, um, obviously, they're not even <laughs> a part of, uh, of the company anymore. Um, so, oh, Street Profits, right. Cool, that makes sense. So maybe, yeah, so maybe they get a, you know, they've had some dialogue with Street Profits. Maybe they get a upset over the Viking Raiders. Boom, sets them up for a pay-per-view uh, match with the Street Profits. They win. Um you know, Brandon Vink's a big dude, taking him out, taking out Dawkins and Shane Thorne cheats, whatever. You know, MVP interferes, who cares? And uh, they win the tag belts, right? Then, um, as tag team champions, uh, MVP is um, crediting himself versus them. It starts dissension. They break apart from MVP. Brandon Vink, finally, they've had enough. MVP is abusive, talking about how they're nothing without him, whatever. In the ring during the VIP lounge, boom, Brandon Vink hits him with the forearm, takes him down, whatever. They break away, they they turn face, or not, whatever. Yeah, they turn face, right? They feud with, um, I guess it's the tag division, so let's be a little realistic here. They don't feud with anybody, they just have random tag matches, right? Um, They lose the belt, and this is probably what I think would be the best, right? They lose the belt and then Brandon Vink turns on uh, Shane Hayes or Shane Thorne. Big boot, boom. Have a little, you know, classic tag rivalry there. Um, Brandon Vink versus versus uh, Shane Thorne. Whatever. Vink gets gets a couple wins, which you just, that's, that's what would happen. And then just distance them. Separate them. Put Vink or put Shane Thorne on a different show. Move him to SmackDown after that, right? So then he goes over to SmackDown, and he can be a face at this point, right? Because he's kind of the baby face of that feud. Um, but let's make him dynamic. Maybe he has he has a scheme, right? Former tag team champion. Now he's on SmackDown. I don't know how he got there. Whatever, man. They did a trade, or he's just there because it's wrestling. Who cares? He's on SmackDown. Um, he comes and and he assists. So the new day. I don't know. So some really really over. Or no, he assists Daniel Bryan. Perfect. Really really over. Um, Babyface. Let's say Daniel Bryan's still doing stuff with Drew Gulak at this point, right? As his protege, Shane Thorne comes in, assists them. They have some, uh, you know, six-man tags with Shinsuke Nakamura and and Sami Zayn and Cesaro, looking good. Um, but really, what it was uh, was to catch Daniel Bryan off guard. Boom! That can start that Daniel Bryan feud. It's like, hey, I've always, you know, you've always been, you've always had so much, and I feel like I deserve that. And you don't deserve what you have. So then it's Shane Thorne and a Dana Bryan feud. Maybe, Shane, and it would just be so cool to see Shane Thorne like super sadistic. Like 
attacking Drew Gulak backstage and doing some some sort of angle that puts him out of action, right? He snaps his arm or whatever. It's crazy like that. And then you can have that really, really good feud uh, with Daniel Bryan um, that sets Shane Haste up as a as a really um, prominent person. And, and whether that's in the mid-card or, or upper mid-card or main event, whatever, um, they could have a great series of matches and it could really kick off Shane Haste's uh, career. And so that's probably what I would do moving forward. What's really going to happen? Look, I don't want to always bash WWE because I do think they do some awesome stuff. And let's be honest here. Without WWE, a lot of wrestling wouldn't be what it is today. And you have to give them credit where credit is due. But got to call it as we see it, right? What's really going to happen? Um, Shane Hayes and Brandon Vink, will they just got to win. So they're obviously planning something with them. Maybe it lasts for a few weeks, or maybe they just next week lose uh, and they kind of fade off to, to main event, and then they're back on NXT or released. Unfortunately, that that may happen. But you know, I, I have higher hopes. You know, I hope if nothing else, even if they don't break apart and Shane Haste doesn't get or Shane Thorne doesn't get what I think he should, at least give him and Vink like a cool tag name and let them have a good run, right? And win the belts a couple times. Good heel tag team. Um, I think they totally have the potential to do that. And, and I'd like to at least see that if nothing else. So that's my fantasy booking for this week. Uh, I put some thought into this one just because, I mean, I put thought into all of them. Don't get me wrong, but this one's near and dear to my heart. I I've thought about this for the last year with him and it just, it drives me crazy. Um, next week, um, I, with, with Mr. Brody Lee being prominently featured in AEW, I thought about, Maybe doing um, how I would have booked him as Harper in WWE because that's someone else who I'm like could totally have given him that Mr. Brody type gimmick in WWE and he could have totally had a title run as well. Um, honestly, one of the best big men like of all time uh, or bigger men, right? Ultimately, I'm kind of glad that he is in AEW because I feel like that's a better spot for him, but I would like to do some fantasy booking for him there. Uh, I also have um, some ideas for uh, like Cedric Alexander and Ricochet who are kind of like making a little bit of a comeback. Um, And then I even have um, some just like some indie guys who never quite like made it to where I felt like they would. Um, So there's a lot to choose from. I'm not sure which one I'll do next week, but um, it'll be one of those. And... Like I said, I'm going to go ahead and do probably a midweek episode about Money in the Bank just because obviously I'm recording. This will come out after Money in the Bank, but I recorded it beforehand. It's just what needs to happen. So I'll do a midweek kind of special episode. It'll be a little bit shorter probably, and I'll just go over the pay-per-view card. I'll probably do that with most pay-per-views just so it gets the coverage uh, in a timely fashion for you. And uh, yeah, so that's what's what's on tap uh, be prepped for that Money in the Bank episode. Um, that'll be released either Wednesday or Thursday. So this will come out on Monday like normal. Um, so just a couple days later and you'll have some more to listen to. I mean, we're quarantined or you're probably quarantined. What else are you going to do? At least listen to this. It's not it's not that long. Uh, check out Program for Pro Wrestling. Uh, that's programmed number four pro wrestling on Instagram. Check out Gary Swan on YouTube, another sponsor of the pod. And come back to listen next week. I uh, I appreciate you giving me your ear. I think we're going to wrap it up here. Um, it's about that time. Uh, if you have any uh, comments 
or or thoughts or anything like that, make sure to uh, follow on Twitter at SpandexPod or uh, on Instagram at SpandexPod and let me know what you think. Also, be sure to subscribe to this and give us uh, a rating. That really, really helps. Um, leave a review too. I would appreciate that. Let me know how I'm doing, what you would change, what you what you like or dislike. I'm open to feedback. All right. Folks, stay safe out there, stay healthy, and thank you for listening in to Spandex Planet. Until next week, maybe I'll come up with a catchphrase one day that relates to space or something. Bye.